1: And that is the voice there of Fiona Kennedy kicking us off. And I love that track, All of the Days. And I'm playing it especially, because because Fiona Kennedy is live here in studio. Good morning to Good you. Good
2: morning, Elmarine. Great As to see you.
1: is, of course, Therese O'Sullivan choreographer, dancer, performer extraordinaire. <laughs> Delighted to have you in live this time. Yes. Couldn't believe it's been that many years since we spoke on the phone for the show like you were telling me. it's
0: Absolutely, since either late 2017 or early 2018.
1: Ah, that is just shocking. Absolutely <laughs> shocking. So thrilled to rectify the record and bring you in. And Gillian Hennessy from Triscill, thrilled to have you in studio this this morning. Always happy to be here, Elmarie. Yeah. Well, I brought the three of you in to talk about three very different things, mm. but I brought the the three of you in together at the same time because I always love how um, Cork people working in the arts are so fantastic at bigging each other up and, you know, supporting everybody. And um, sometimes when I bring people in on a Sunday morning, they've either met before or worked before or moved in the same circles before. And sometimes you bring people together who've never met. And, uh, and I love that kind of mix up as well. So that's what we're having. A little bit of everything this morning. Gillian, I associate you with many, many years in the arts because we met first when you were working with the Collins yeah. Press. And then you moved to Triscoll. Mm-hmm. And you have had the most amazing time in Triskel since then.
3: Yeah, it's definitely been a journey. I kind of, I'm still looking at it as a journey in three parts because I was there from 2018. So not long after you spoke with <laughs> Elmer Um And, you know, just felt like I really knew where everything was. And then the unmentionable happened yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything changed every week by week. And now we're kind of coming out of that. And it's kind of feeling a little bit more like it was beforehand so kind of that whole kind of normal if there is a normal in the arts even though so much has changed as well like we definitely took advantage of some things that happened during COVID like building residencies for example which what well, was kind of there in the back of the head but you know we're in a multifunctional arts centre things are happening all the time and it's quite hard to kind of stop and take a step back and look at what you really want to do so You know, the the pro of COVID did give us that opportunity to build residencies like the Resonate one with Music Network that Vicky Langan is actually doing at the moment. So she's working with Max LeCain on new work that they'll perform in April now. So, you know, it's fabulous to see this and hearing musicians coming in. And, you know, anytime Vicky comes in, she's up playing the organ, which is amazing as well, because, you know, not a lot of people can play the organ. So it's fabulous to be able to, like, allow musicians in to do that as well.
1: I love the fact that you've reiterated that Triscoll is, uh, you know, a multifunctional arts centre Mm. right in the heart of the city because I think we kind of tend to forget the gem that that actually is and the potential it actually gives the city. We're so used to having these fantastic performance spaces in the various theatres that we have and the wonderful galleries in the galleries that we have and how sometimes our galleries host music and our, you know, performance spaces host exhibitions. And, you know, there is a little bit of cross-pollination that Mm. happens in a lot of spaces. But a fully functional, dedicated arts centre, that you know, literally yeah. literally in the heart of the city in a place and a building that's as special and uh, unique really as Triskel is, is from, it yeah. just you know, it's
3: fantastic. It's such a special space and you know people kind of sometimes don't realise maybe they're coming in for the particular film or the particular performance and they come out and they're like I didn't know it was a church and I suppose we <laughs> kind of take it for granted yes, a little bit yes, as yeah. well, you know, that it is this gorgeous, gorgeous building and I'm still learning so much about that building there, like it's my colleague, Tanette, who loves history, so she does the, those heritage tours and stuff like that in in August. And I'm learning every single time I follow around after a tour. Like, if you come into Christchurch, you'll see those stone plaques up on the walls. And I just thought, like, a little bit of maybe decoration. Maybe it was done during the refurbishment when Triscoll and Christchurch became one. But actually, no, they correspond with graves in the crypt below Christchurch. So, like, there's so much history there. And it's fabulous to be able to use that space again, you know, and to use it for, you know a different type of worshipping, I suppose, you know, with the cinema, with music. And it's just such an amazing place to bring people into.
1: Yeah. And speaking of cinema and music, I mean, like literally the programme that you Mm. are constantly overseeing has some skeletal things which remain constant. because People want to come to cinema in Triskel. And it's unusual, isn't it? You know, I mean, I know, uh, for example, is Poor Things one of the films that's on this week? So obviously part of the whole BAFTA, Oscar, Mm. you know, awards, buzz and everything like that that's happening at the moment. So you you range from showing right up to date Mm -hmm. releases like that to art house cinema and it's a constant feature right throughout the
3: year. Oh, absolutely. Like we've two films going every single week and Chris, our head of cinema, like he really makes an effort to... He's so passionate. He loves it. And, you know, he, he has such an eclectic programme and he will bring all of those kind of mainstream art house ones in as well with those classics like we're running an Eastwood Seagull season at the moment and also an eighties sci-fi classics season and people are just loving it. Like the amount of people who came in for Blade Runner last <laughs> week. Like and you know I said it to Chris and I was like, oh my God, so many people coming in. And he was like, Yeah, every time we show it, people love it. And you know, it, it it's great to see that. So like we have that constant programme. So there's always something there for somebody to come in to see. And like one of the films is always going to be at like six o'clock. So it's just right after work if you don't want to be out too late and all of that. But then the seasons come up as well. And this time of year, it's great. Like the Oscar winners like pop into the programme. So that's really exciting. And we are bringing Oppenheimer back for one screening only the night before the Oscars, because, you know, we might as well celebrate our boy Killian Murphy. Absolutely. You know, Yeah. yeah.
1: So, besides cinema, and that is
3: a fantastic mm-hmm. thing to go
1: Practically, like you said,
3: when Chris programs
1: those little seasonal uh, retrospectives and themes, they're like mini little film festivals yeah. uh, constantly right the way through the year, which is fantastic. Uh, I know my sister was in at one of the quartet concerts yesterday. The National String Quartet Foundation have a gorgeous quartet concert series, mm-hmm. which
3: is running, you know, every month. Yeah. Um, but like that, that is a constant right yes. throughout the year in Trisca. That is a constant. We have a spring season with the NSQF, and then they'll come back to us again. In the autumn and Saturday lunchtime concerts, people love them. They really do. Like I kind of even look at it as a little bit of mindfulness. If classical music isn't your thing or you think it's not your thing, like come in, sit for an hour and listen to some gorgeous music. You know, it's never, ever going to be a waste of time. It's always going to be beautiful. And the Aura Quartet were in with us yesterday and they were absolutely glorious. Just people just come out so happy, you know, and it's, it's fabulous to see that. And we love bringing musicians in and, you know, like classical is our thing. Jazz is our thing. We've actually got a jazz trio coming up for International Women's Day, which is a little bit different from, for us. We normally don't program around that, but um, it happens. This group, group, a French group, new, who are fresh off winning the Zenith Jazz Awards and uh, they're coming into us um, that day. But, like, we'll also have a lunchtime concert on that day because you know, multifunctional. We never do one thing if we can do multiple. So we'll have Michael McHale back on piano with Juliana Koch on Oboe as part of Finding a Voice Festival.
1: That's great, actually, because that was traditionally, I mean, I know there's a Cork element, but it's mm-hmm. traditionally just been in Tipperary yeah. and to have, you know, concerts now being programmed in Cork for yeah. that is a is great shift this year.
3: It is. It's very special. And you know, we we love celebrating the everybody and, you know, women composers like I know Fiona from Network Cork, so I'm obviously, you know, going to to push women's achievements uh, throughout everything. But it's great to see these different festivals and these different concerts coming up and the, the passion people put into them as well. And the way different things can just get new life and just bringing different things to different people as well. Do you have many people that kind of happen
1: on Triscoll by accident? Oh, You may may imagine, you know, you have the, we'll say the hop on, hop hop off Mm. bus tour that goes around Cork and it picks people up and drops people off right there at the medieval heart of the city on the Grand Mm. Parade. And uh, there's Triscoll, you know, this incredible old building. And you must have tourists who kind of wander in off the beaten track. Do Cork people ever wander in accidentally off the beaten track and kind of go... I actually never came in here or...
3: Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, there's a lot of people who would say that to me like, oh, I've never been in here before. And they're a little bit embarrassed. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot happening in Cork. So that's okay. So I kind of like our, our hidden gem status. I've kind of embraced it a bit over the last few years because it does mean that it's a little bit special. The people who come in do feel a little bit more special and they, they do feel ownership over what we do as well. They do feel, which which I love. Because obviously we're programming for the people of Cork, you know, like without the people of Cork coming in, like, where would we be? So you know, like, this is our our mission and, you know, all of that as well. So yeah, it's great fun. And like, I love the variety of it as well. I mean, multifunctional art space means there's something happening pretty much every single day of the week, which is a joy and a frustration all at the same time. Because as I was saying to you earlier, you know, you want everything to get its moment in the sun and with such a busy and eclectic program that's not always possible but you know we do our best and trying to appeal to as many people as possible out there.
1: Because in the background, I suppose, again, behind all of that uh, focus that you would have on what people can visually see mm. and visually attend immediately, you have things and programmes running in the background, like the residencies, yeah. like you said, which, you know, are hugely important for uh, foundational work and growth and all that sort of thing. And I love the fact that you said you you know you know Fiona from Network Cork, which yeah. is, you know, an organisation that I just stand in awe of, mm. the work that they, they do, um, but those kind of things are really important, aren't mm-hmm. they, Fiona?
2: Oh yeah. And I mean Triskel is is just from the other side from a performer's point of view. I played Triskel for the Cork Folk Festival mm-hmm. thanks to the amazing Mary Green from Greenshine and uh, she um, organized a beautiful gig in Triscoll. It was my first time performing there. And that actually was what got me hooked on theater. You know, I mean, uh, just playing in a theatre like that was just absolutely fabulous. Just the the whole ambience. And like you said, that sense of history Mm. when you're in there. Oh, it's just a wonderful place to play. Beautiful. So, I mean, um, the the connections between artists all over the country, like even like you said, now the Finding a Voice Festival, Mm. like my new show now, that's something that... Might appeal to the Clanmel Junction art, the Arts Fest, mm-hmm. which um, I know has the director is involved with finding a voice as well. So again, these are other sort of avenues that I would never have thought of uh, applying for, isn't it? So, so when true. you stretch yourself, uh, other doors
1: open, you <coughs> know. And that's exactly where things like Network Cork kind of are so important for as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, speaking of theatres and you know shows about. Uh, a woman's voice your show was called Natural Woman and when I saw this first I thought oh Fiona this is another brilliant gig obviously has a theme and then I went reading about it and you're bringing this um, to the Cork Arts Theatre so another iconic theatre in the city small intimate venue but it sounds like you're trying to tell a massive story. Yeah,
2: it's it's funny the way it all kind of came about. And in fairness, I do have to give a shout out to Finn. Uh, Finn Flynn, the director of the Cat Club, or the Cork Arts Theatre, uh, in its more formal title. She was just fantastic. I mean, when I rang her just to kind of put forward the idea and say, look, Finn, you know, w- you know, would there be a chance that I might be able to... Well, the enthusiasm and the complete can-do attitude. So... We had a date and she was like, yeah, brilliant idea. I couldn't believe it because as you know, Elmerie, in this business, you get so used to no, 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 no. You know, there's there's so many rejections and it was just wonderful. So the only thing is it was absolutely terrifying as well because I had to go then and write a whole load of new songs. I had a couple of songs ready for the show and uh, it was a question of, right, we've got a date, we're on.
1: So um okay it's... we've talked so many times down through the years about various yeah. albums when they came out yep. or singles when they were being released um I know I have a track lined up here which just sends everybody straight on the road to Garrettstown oh. as soon as they <laughs> hear it um and a day like today sounds like it might actually uh, be the job but this is a this is a new departure so there's new music there's a new shape there's There's more people involved. It's spoken word. You are actually crafting an entire show.
2: Where did the germ of this happen? Um, A chance encounter with uh, somebody... In the English market, actually. Class. And now, um, Gillian mentioned earlier on, uh, during COVID about stuff being kind of at the back of the mind of the, 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 the people in Triscoll about their, their residencies and stuff. This had been a germ of an idea in the back of my mind, uh, for a long time, um, fueled really by Billy Kennedy, my friend and, and great guitarist and long time collaborator. Yeah, and long time yeah. collaborator. And also Andy, uh, my l- long suffering hubby. And uh, they they had been encouraging encouraging me to do uh, a one woman show, which uh, I I don't know I was I was a little bit wary of. Anyway, um, I met a lady called Ethel Crowley who's an author. Yes. And Ethel brought out a book um, about Dervla Murphy. So we were she hadn't re- uh, launched it the time I met her, and we were chatting, and she said, "Look, you, you probably wouldn't have heard of her this uh, this Waterford based author." Dervla Murphy, a travel writer. And sure, I nearly fell off the stool because I'm a huge fan of Dervla Murphy and have been reading her books like since I was in college. So um, I asked her if I could write a song about Dervla for the launch of the book in Waterstones, which I duly did. Um, Then I kind of realised I had quite a few songs written about women. You know, I had a Gronium Whale, song about Grace O'Malley, the Pirate Queen, and a couple of other songs. And that's where the idea kind of came from. So the show is based on songs of women that have inspired me. And uh, I will be doing a little bit of, you know, telling people what inspired me about these people to, to actually write a song about them. And then there'll be readings, which will be read by Ethel herself, who I roped in. And she's a beautiful reader. She's a lovely voice. She's got a lovely, you know, timbre to her voice when she reads. So um, Billy Kennedy, as I mentioned already, will be on stage and Paul Seymour on piano. Then we'll have a series of projections to go with the songs. I'd want to be giving away the whole show I know, (laughs) I know, I know. But um, the projections are great. I'm collaborating with Cormac O'Connor who would be well known in uh, the theatre world in Cork for um, his imagination and uh, just he's a wonderful sound designer as well. So that's our team, really. Um, and uh, it's going to be, you know, the spoken word, music and art as well. So like uh, it'll, it'll be, it's new for me now already, right, Marie. But you know something, I was only listening to um, an interview with David Bowie and he was saying that, if you're comfortable in your, in what you're doing, you're doing the wrong thing. You, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to yeah. be pushing yourself. So at this stage now, I was saying, right, I haven't got, I haven't got time anymore now to be <laughs> afraid of <laughs> making an idiot of myself. I just have, if I feel it, I have to do it. Yeah. So I, I'm really stretching myself here now, in fairness. I've got a song, you know, that I've written uh, to honor Vicky Phelan. There's a song, um, That's honouring people like Mary Crilly and um, Katrina Toomey, Fiona Corkin from the Greater Chernobyl cause, Edith Wilkins. They're all ladies that I've actually played for and done gigs for. And I, I, you know, I really respect what they do. So I won't give too much away now. Oh, Fiona,
1: it sounds amazing because, you know, I mean, like when you're just naming out all of those people, what's coming straight to my mind is, you know, you have people like John Spillane who would be kind of known for writing songs about uh, particularly now that i think of it male figures nobody has been putting down these incredible irish women and contemporary women which is one of the things i think is really exciting about it that you know that you're not just taking historical figures you're taking contemporary women who are changing the world one day at a time you know one step at a time one meal at a time one foot at a time and and
2: putting them down in song is just fantastic well i mean it's just a lot they're very Unassuming, ordinary women. There's so many. I mean, I've a song about Mary Elms, for instance. Now, um, okay, she had the bridge named after her and everything, but like, sure, nobody heard about her. Mm. I, I hadn't heard about her at all until the bridge. Yeah. And then I read Clodagh Finn's wonderful book, and Clodagh Finn actually is might even be coming to the gig, which would be wonderful after the show. I should say. I can't be calling it a gig lads. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I knew in this theatre world. Um, So, like, sure, they were all under the radar, you know, and they're all very unassuming people. And uh, I think, like, we were chatting earlier on, even Network Cork, you know, bringing women to the fore. And it's wonderful that it's in the month of International Women's Day in March. I'll be playing for Fiona Corkin, actually, in the Kingsley um, for the Greater Chernobyl cause. I, I do a gig for her. Every year, and it's on the eighth of March. So I missed the the network mm. thing, but um, yeah, that's in the Kingsley. I'd say there are tickets left for that if anybody wants to. And so it was a lovely lunch, and it's a, a big fundraiser for her her uh, group, you know. So Do you know
1: what's also coming through um, in what you're you're talking there, and uh, it's it's wonderful because of Ethel, of course, as well. But how voracious a reader! you're actually coming across as. Are you a big really? reader?
2: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> I am, actually. Yeah, God, I didn't even pick up on that. I do read an awful lot and my mother was an unbelievable reader and uh, I would, like, my mum gave me the book, the Dorval Murphy book, when I was getting on the plane to get go to New York um, in, you know, just sort of out of college and terrified, really. I thought it was great. I wasn't a bit worried the, until I kind of got up to Shannon Airport and mum gave me the, the Dervla book, um, Full Tilt, about her cycling from Lismore in County Waterford all the way to India. She said, look, read that now on the plane and you that'll give you courage. And it gave me courage throughout, you know, when I was taking on kind of scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I found uh, her books very, very uh, inspirational.
1: Your mum, I know you've talked about her different times with me before because she has, I suppose, obviously filtered through in your work and your life and uh, I know she was an amazing gardener and has given a lot of love of that to your family as well but wasn't she such a wise
2: woman to put that book into your hand and you striking off to New York? She was, she was. It was all about books always and the house was full of books and also like on holidays, we'd all have our books with us going away camping. So everybody would have two or three books. We'd stop at the library was the last, uh, the last stop before heading off to Hardmore or Barley Cove or wherever we were camping that year, you know. So yeah, books were always very important. But I mean, she would love this now if she could see yeah. that I, you know, stretching myself to do something. So different and a bit of news, actually, in case I forget to announce, uh, you're the first to hear it, lads, uh, that we've been um, very, very kindly asked to do a second night in the Cork Arts Theatre. So not only now are we having a show on the 28th, uh, which is the Thursday of the Easter weekend, but we're on on the Saturday night as well. Oh, wow. So if you can't come on the Thursday, we've got a second show on the Saturday night uh, of the Easter weekend in the, the Cork Arts Theatre. So fantastic.
1: People will be able to find those details on the Cork Arts Theatre website. We're going to take a little quick music break and we'll be back after these. Um, But this of course, like I said, on a day like today with the sun breaking through, sure where else would you be going?
4: Those days they were so much fun. Going to the beach, to the beach, and we're going, going to the beach, to the beach.
1: That's an earworm there, for sure, for sure. And uh, you know what? I mean, like, it's a blast from the past for those of us who remember Madness first time round in the 80s. But Therese O'Sullivan, I know that you are of such a young
0: generation.
1: <laughs> it was probably all a mad discovery for you.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the music of Madness is so well known, you know, by everyone, young and old. Um, and Our House, of course, the song you just played there is the name of the musical that the students from MTU's BA in Musical Theatre are going to be performing at the Everman Theatre next week. And um, it's amazing when I speak to people about the show because you've got so many fans of Madness and Ska (laughs) fans. And then on the other hand, you've got these theatre folk who absolutely love the show. Um, And so it's an exciting one to be doing. Uh, The musical Our House itself tells the story of an Irish London lad, Joe Casey, And it's a discovery of right and wrong. And, you know, it takes place in the 1980s in Camden. And on the night of kind of Joe's 16th birthday, he's trying to impress his girlfriend. So he takes her and is trying to impress her, trying to woo her, brings her to uh, this fancy apartment, breaks in and then it comes to a decision of... (laughs) Sorry, this is how he's trying to impress her. (laughs) Absolutely. Classic London Irish lad All right, Charlene. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so uh gets caught by the police and basically has the choice between choosing the good thing to give himself up or to do the bad thing and flee and run away. And kind of in that moment in the show, the character of Joe splits into two. So okay, sliding joke. doors. Absolutely sliding doors. So we've got good Joe and bad Joe and the journey that each of those uh, goes on throughout the show. And incredibly, it's actually played by the same individual in the show. Uh, So there are lots of fast, dynamic, quick costume changes uh, throughout the show. But more than anything else, it's an extremely ensemble based show. So all of the students are playing about a million different characters uh, throughout the production. But all of that builds to kind of a dynamic ending uh, where, yeah, I won't give too much away, but there's a really dynamic ending where we see what happens, whether whatever decision was made on that first night, uh, what will we come to in the end? So it's full of laughter, tears, and everything in between. Along an
1: incredible the way. music,
0: an incredible music mm. um, in Madness, and I think the magic of our house as a musical itself. It's obviously a jukebox musical because it features all of the songs of Madness. Um, but where you can see certain jukebox musicals that the songs are potentially a little bit shoehorned in to kind of just get them in there. This really isn't a case of that. This is genuinely, if someone hadn't heard any of the music of Madness, they would believe that the songs were written for the purpose of that musical and that musical alone. So it's really well done in terms of being a jukebox musical. So we're delighted to be able to say that it will definitely appeal to all of the Madness fans because it has all of the songs in there. But then equally, people who are maybe, you know, loving musical theatre, don't necessarily love jukebox musicals, it can still be for you because it's not just for that purpose. It really is. The songs are there to progress the story, to forward the plot and everything like that. Um, And of course, there is some fantastic dancing too, if I don't mind saying myself. Um, Because, yes, Therese,
1: you are the choreographer for the show. Now this sounds like it is just so evocative of London and young love and like you said the sliding doors moment of the choices we make in life and some of the stupid mistakes we make when we're young in the name of love and trying to find ourselves and all that sort of thing. Um, And you as a young person are one of those Cork people I have watched from afar (laughs) as you left Cork and headed to London. And like I said, I can't believe it's been that long since we spoke about one of the UK tours you were on because you went and made your career in London.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I was away for about 10 years. Um, And then probably about two years ago now, uh, the Cork School of Music, MTU, got in touch with me to kind of see what I like to do, a bit of creative work with them. So I first came in and I worked with actually the creative team of this current production of our house, David Hayes and Christine Scarry, amongst others at that time to do a bit of work for a show stepping out that they were doing in the Opera House at the time. And so I worked on that. And then following that, I actually was offered some lecturing hours in dance for the course for the BA in musical theatre. So I've been there this year and last year as well, teaching dance. So I lecture... Kind of jazz, I do a dance elective class, and then I also do an ensemble class, which is actually a really exciting module that is part of the course that isn't in a lot of other musical theatre degrees. So they get to work with creatives. So they have a choreographer, a musical director and a director in every single session of that module. And so that introduces them to the idea of rehearsing and being in a rehearsal room and what it means to prepare actual um, numbers for productions and everything like that. So that's where it all began. And then here we are the week before uh, we open on the Everyman stage here in Cork and it's the exact same creative team Mm -hmm. there that we were just talking about so Christine Scarry has directed David Hayes is musical directing I'm choreographing but on top of us three there are loads of incredible people involved with the production so John O'Donoghue has designed the set specifically (laughs) for the show and Triangle Productions and Cork have made it Um, if anyone's interested in that kind of thing you need to head to Triangle Productions Instagram and give a look at that set it is in incredible and um, we had the very first model box presentation to the students and I was just so excited for them to see the reaction.
1: You keep saying students and you know when we use the word students we kind of think of Asher, they're only young. We actually forget what a big deal and what an incredible thing it is for Cork to have this BA in musical theatre um, happening because like when you would have gone to London yeah. it didn't exist here. No. You know and so many of the people we've talked about and we would know in common and everything would have had to, had to go to London to, you know, uh, qualify and study at the level and the degree that they are and currently having fantastic, successful careers in the West End like yourself and touring the UK like yourself. And how amazing to have you come back having, you know, done all of those things to be now lecturing in a BA in musical. We are talking about people who are coming out with this incredible qualification. Mm in Cork. I think we really still have not taken on board what a phenomenal thing it is for MTU to do this.
0: Oh 100% like there was not an option when it was my time to go away and train there was no option to do it at home and this course is currently in its fifth year so we've had our first kind of set of Mm. graduates leave just last year and already the majority of them are currently in work in the industry and that's actually something that you can't say for a lot of courses Um, So it's incredibly exciting that it's so new, it's so fresh and it's still, you know, growing in its kind of success and everything like that. But the talent level in that course is just unbelievable. And that's why I would recommend to everyone to get to go to this Our House musical that's coming up next week. It's incredible. And I know for a fact that this is not going to be the only place that you're going to see these students perform uh, because their careers will go on and up and it's going to be exciting to see what they can achieve Um, but this is just the beginning and it was actually really interesting the other day at rehearsals I said to the students I said look I have this amazing opportunity to speak with Elmerie on Sunday said is there anything that you kind of want to share either about the show or about the course Um, and they all sent me emails to kind of confirm what they might like to say and I said it will be totally confidential so don't worry about that. Um, but the overwhelming sense of what they loved about the chorus and the show and being able to do it here in Ireland is that they're part of such a tight knit group and community of people within Ireland who are totally passionate about the arts, about musical theatre, and that they know that this is the start of something very special mm. that is going to grow and expand and, you know, totally dominate the country over time. And one of the most interesting things that fed back in those emails was that they really feel like it's a family. So in a lot of the universities that would be doing similar degrees kind of in London or in the UK, the intake is so much larger. So the students, there are hundreds, probably even thousands at this point apply every year. There are 24 spaces on the Cork course, 24 So you imagine the number of lecturers, the student to teacher ratio is so impressive. They get individualized training, essentially. And every week they're having one to ones, whether that's in singing or bits of acting stuff that they're doing. So the time that they're getting to develop them as a unique individual is second to none. And you just wouldn't get it in other places just because there isn't the time, there isn't the A capacity to do that, so they are so lucky in that sense.
1: And also, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier on in mentioning network Cork and how how important it is, I suppose, and how impactful networking and association is, particularly in the sphere of the arts. You know, qualifying through a degree course like that in Cork is a network for life. You know those those students that are coming through their four years of growth with. These incredible lectures, this incredible experience, mm. and this unique hot housing experience actually in Ireland, yeah. uh, have a network for life, and now that is a huge part of knowing auditions that are coming up. You know, I'm not right for that part, but I know exactly who is and all that sort of stuff or even support for each other within the industry going yeah. forward. They will be working together, hopefully for a lifetime, you know, because um the whole world, I think of musical theater is extraordinary. I'm obviously a huge fan. I wouldn't yes. be here if I wasn't. <laughs> But I, I know that when you when you think about the the hundreds of people that would have a dream of going uh, each year from Ireland or Cork to the UK to do it to be able to do it here is is something else it really and truly it really and truly is. Tell me a little bit about the students who are on this particular qualification because this these are the fourth year students. This is their final. Yeah show really?
0: Yeah so in the current fourth year uh, there are students from all over so we have Irish students, international students and we also have a mixture of those who came straight out of school and also mature students as well um, and speaking to one of the m- mature students on Friday actually Um She was telling me, you know, just how grateful she is for the opportunity. Because again, like myself, it wasn't around as an option when she first would have left school. And she's come back and she's spoken about how she was a bit apprehensive, you know, coming back as a mature student. She wasn't really sure how she would be accepted into this group of young people. And she just basically said she couldn't be happier that she made that decision to do what she loved to do for all those years and finally gets to do it kind of every day and things like that Um, and the current fourth years final years are in the show we also have some additional students from some of the other years just from male identifying performers because it's such a heavy show um, of male characters so we do have a mix of some of the year groups in there and even that alone has brought so much joy to all of the students to be able to kind of cross-integrate between the years and work together to have this amazing production that they're going to perform together. But the fourth years are really exciting.
1: Can I actually just also give a shout out to the third year Uh, students of the BA in Theatre and Drama Studies, a completely different course because they're also performing this week uh, in the Stack Theatre of the uh, School of Music. They're doing The House of Bernarda Alba by Lorca, um, which is an incredible play. I did Blood Wedding many years ago with Regina Crowley myself. And I have to say, this is obviously part of Lorca's legendary uh, trilogy. And uh, this particular one was completed a month before his execution. Uh, by Franco's fascists in 1936. So it's full of suppressed passions driving all its female characters trapped in a house and culture riddled with religiosity, malicious gossip, contempt for women and blatant hypocrisy. Uh, Bernarda Alba's five daughters react to eight years of enforced mourning for their unloved father with rage, yearning, unsatisfied desire and dangerous, untimely and fatal misbehaviour. So we want to wish them the very best of luck with that as well. That is running in the Stack Theatre from Tuesday until Saturday. Meanwhile, our house is running in the Everyman, uh, opening on
0: Wednesday. Wednesday night. Yes. Running through till Saturday.
1: Yeah, four nights. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. But you also have a matinee on Saturday. Yes, we do indeed. Which is brilliant. Okay, we're going to take a flying, flying, flying musical uh, interlude and we will take a break and be back again after these.
4: Without words, bless you and bless me, bless the bees and the birds.
3: FM and C103.
1: The Arts House. And you're very welcome back to the show. It's Elmery and Connor Talon with you until 10. Also joined live in studio by Gillian Hennessy from Triscoll Arts Centre. Therese O'Sullivan, who's choreographer for that incredible show in the Everyman Theatre this week, the Our House incredible story uh, featuring all the music of madness. And Fiona Kennedy, who is coming to a very special tiny (laughs) theatre with a show
2: called Natural Woman in March. Fiona, what are the dates of that? So it's Thursday the 28th of March. And uh, Saturday, the 30th of March. Okay, That's right the Easter the weekend. End. Excellent, excellent. Were you going to give people a chance to head along to it? Yes, I am. I've got two tickets to give away today. Um, it's for the Saturday night performance. And if you can text in and name where is the show taking place? What theatre is Natural Woman uh, Celebration? of uh, Exceptional Women. <laughs> <laughs> so, name you the theatre. You should don't go. <laughs> name the theatre. I know, yeah. I know, I know. It's always hard, isn't it, to <laughs> go. I know, yeah. Think of a question. That's an easy question, guys. So, come on, text in and uh, you can get two tickets for Natural Woman. Just name what theatre it's on in and uh, two tickets for Easter Saturday night. Okay, text or WhatsApp to 0833 96,
1: 96, 96, 96 and we'll send you along. Therese, um, obviously, our house is on in the Everyman Theatre. So booking and all the details for that will be on in the Everyman Theatre website, which is fantastic. And wishing everyone involved in that production so much joy and happiness and amazing energy.
0: Brilliant thanks so much (laughs) Anne-Marie.
1: And what I think is also lovely is that uh, modestly you haven't really talked about your own career and we haven't gone there today you have (laughs) shone the spotlight uh, on all the students which isn't something everybody who would come and sit behind a microphone would do and so for that we absolutely have to rectify the fact that we haven't talked about you and your own shining (laughs) career in all those years and you'll have to come in again another Sunday. Gillian will you give us a, a plug for something that's coming up in Triscoll and tell us what we should be watching out for?
3: Yeah, so two concerts that we put on sale this week um, are happening as part of Cork St. Patrick's Festival. So they are supported by Cork City Council and Fall to Ireland, who are spreading the festival love outside of Dublin. So we have Paul Noonan, lead singer with Bell X1, on Friday the 15th of March, and Kingfisher on Saturday the 16th of March. So this is a good news, bad news situation because Kingfisher sold out in three hours.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. My my (laughs) eyebrows went up and I went, Okay, yeah.
3: but fair enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a handful of tickets still left for Paul, but that'll be an incredible music, uh, weekend of music. Um, so really looking forward to that. And like one thing coming up, like listening to the ladies is, you know, partnerships and collaborations are so important. So we've got Fear Screen coming up with Cork International Film Fa- Film Festival. We've got Cork World Book Fest that we're finalising the programme on and First Page Pitch, submissions are open for that as well at the moment. Eleanor, who's on earlier, she was part of the festival last year. So great to hear that she's doing more work. And uh, yeah, so yeah, loads happening. Excellent. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Fair play. Now I'm going to hand a microphone over to Connor. Connor, will you swing Fiona's mic around for yourself there uh, and tell us there's a couple of more bits and pieces that we might have a chance to fit in before we wrap up.
4: Okay. Uh, in a certain very small theatre um,
1: <laughs> that
4: I can't name, but on Friday, Saturday and Sunday night, just say, think of the word meow alright Okay. the Miao Theatre of Cork uh, is doing delete Tide voices together say it with music it's Broadway hits you just name them all they're going to sing every one of them there that night the Fresh Air Collective on Chinese New Year which is Saturday night will be in the Marina Market they're going to light a thousand candles Declan Sinners will be there load of musicians and the music will stay playing until the candles all blow out and then on Wednesday in the middle of the week get along to Waterstones Victoria Kennedy Benefic's collection, Eggshell of Poultry, one of the boldest poetic voices to emerge in recent years. Born in Cork, lives in Kerry now. She is going to do her own launch on that night in waterstones. There you go. Okay,
1: have to say a huge, huge thank you to all our guests and well done to Nuala O'Sullivan from Black Rock, who by my gauging about 30 seconds was the first name in and beating the other entries to name the Cork Arts Theatre. The Cat Club is the venue for Fiona Kennedy's show so we'll hook you up with those tickets uh, indeed Nuala. Thank you so, so much for that. Couple of other bits and pieces but I think we're just running out of time for that and we'll talk to you again next week. Until then, salon. Quarks
3: 96 FM and C103.
0: The
1: Arts House.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,